Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Emmanuel Acho. Marcellus Wiley is out today, so I had to bring in another bald-headed brother, and that is the one and only Bucky Brooks. We got some big breaking news in the NFL, and I can't wait to talk about this one because the Browns finally found a trade partner for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, former first-round pick, he's getting out of Cleveland. He's going to Carolina in exchange for a conditional fifth-rounder in 2024. Now get this. Baker Mayfield is going to take a $3 million pay cut to get out of Cleveland because the Browns are going to eat up $10 million of his salary. The Panthers are going to eat up $5 million of his salary. And Baker's like, look, y'all can keep the extra $3 million y'all owe me. I just want out. I can't wait to get started on this one, Bucky. I know you got thoughts on Baker. I know you got thoughts on Baker. So will the Browns regret trading Baker Mayfield? No, no, no. No, no, no. They were able to trade away Baker Mayfield, only absorb half of the salary. Baker took a $3 million pay cut. He just gave that away because he wanted out. And there was no path for him in Cleveland, even though everyone was saying the Browns needed to keep Baker Mayfield because Deshaun Watson may not mm-hmm. be available. To me, it made sense. Move on. It didn't work out. He was a sub-500 quarterback for this team that was talented. They wanted to move forward without him. And Baker Mayfield now gets an opportunity to compete to be a starting quarterback in the league. It's something that he certainly wants to do. Now he had that opportunity to do it, but he have to do it without the shine of being a number one overall pick. So now it's a real competition, not one that is kind mm. of jiggered to be in his favor. That's a phenomenal point, but the Browns will regret trading Baker Mayfield this season. The operative phrase here is this season. We know this much about Cleveland. Deshaun Watson, a phenomenal quarterback. Boy, is he in some hot water. He got some (laughs) civil cases that are outstanding, some civil cases that are pending. So the Browns likely will not have a starting quarterback this season. Deshaun Watson's gone. Who is Baker Mayfield? That is the question. Baker Mayfield is a 17 and 13 quarterback under Kevin Stefanski. 17 wins over the course of two seasons. That's Baker Mayfield. Last time the Browns had a quarterback win 17 games over two seasons, 86, 87. Bernie Kosar, your boy wasn't even born yet. So who is Baker Mayfield to the Browns? Baker Mayfield is the type of savior that the Browns have yet to see before. Hopefully the Browns will see him again in Deshaun Watson once Deshaun Watson gets on the field. But the real problem is the Browns got so comfortable and acclimated to nice things. And that's why the Browns are going to regret it, Bucky Bucky Brooks. I see you writing profusely, but hear me when I say this. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, you've gotten acclimated to attention and you've gotten acclimated to wins. Last four years, the Browns have had attention, and in one of those four years, they've had wins. So in the last four years, in the Baker Mayfield tenure, Browns fans have either had attention or they have had wins. Please understand me when I say this. Once Deshaun Watson's suspension is put in place and put to rest, the Browns will have neither attention nor wins. That's going to lead to regret. Once Deshaun Watson's suspension is put to rest, we ain't talking about him no more. No attention. And without Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, no wins. So the very thing that the Browns have been so used to over the last four years, they are not going to have for the foreseeable future. For that reason, the Browns are going to regret Baker Mayfield's absence this season. Once Deshaun is back, oh, they good. But right here, right now, they're going to regret it. Wait, wait, wait a minute, look, because you're talking about wins. And I can remember, I'm looking at, I'm looking at 2021, 6-8. and eight. Not a lot of wins there. 
That's sub 500 last year, last time we saw Baker. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, but he was injured. Yeah, because I got stats that go beyond the injury. 14 games with multiple interceptions. 56 interceptions since he entered the league. Look, that's the most. No one has more interceptions than Baker Mayfield from 2018 during that period. We're talking about a guy who was a turnover machine. And the other thing, Acho, I understand is Baker Mayfield was the guy that took snaps. So by default, the quarterbacks get credit for the wins. But it wasn't like he was killing it at the position. I'm looking at these numbers. These numbers are not impressive. He's never had a passer rating over 100. And by today's standard, in today's game, as easy as it is to play quarterback, easier than it's ever been in this league, 100 is like the minimum for what we talk about acceptable quarterback play. He's never been over that mark. And so if I am the Cleveland Browns and I'm a Browns fan, yes, I'm sad because my guy's not going to be there. Deshaun Watson may not be there for eight games. He may not be there for the entire season. But you got to upgrade at the quarterback position. And even though you might have to play with Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett can turn in these numbers that Baker Mayfield is putting up. It's not like you're having a major loss going from Jacoby Brissett to Baker Mayfield. It's just a matter of how does Kevin Stefanski manage the team? But make no mistake, when you have two Pro Bowl caliber running backs, an offensive line like they have, a system that is in place for them to shine, and a defense that should go next level, the Cleveland Browns would be fine. We're, we're, we're wasting a lot of our offseason time talking about Baker Mayfield, who is destined to be a backup quarterback in Cleveland. We'll see if he can be a starter in Carolina. Let's break this down, Bucky Brooks. I don't think in the NFL you played with this type of person, but in college, I'm sure you did. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you who this person is in a second. In the NFL, it likely didn't happen, but let's go back to your days. UNC? Yes. Let's go back to your Cardio. days at UNC. You ever played with a sorry teammate? <laughs> Somebody just sorry. Like, just call it what it is. They were just sorry. Okay. Okay. You play with a sorry teammate, I'll play with a sorry teammate. There are two types of sorry teammates. Two, and only two. The first type of sorry teammate is sorry and irritating. He's so sorry that you're annoyed because not only is he sorry, he's sorry and he's annoying. The other type of sorry teammate, you don't mind having him around because he's sorry, but he a good time. So like that one sorry cat, maybe he's a walk-on. Who knows what the case may be, coach's grandson. Mm-hmm. He's sorry, but you don't mind him in the locker room. You still invite him out to eat wings after the game because he's a good time. Even if Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield were equally sorry, at least Baker Mayfield's a good time. Is for, he? Cle- for Cleveland Browns fans, what do I mean? He going to put butts in the seats. I'm not talking good time in a literal sense. You have a good time watching him, though, let's not lie. 2020, Browns fans had a real good time watching Baker Mayfield. 2018, when Baker Mayfield was drafted, Browns fans had a really good time watching him. But you got to remember, sometimes you can tolerate a little bit of sorry because of the extracurricular that they will add and the value that they will add. Even if Baker Mayfield goes six in whatever this year, a six and eight season with Baker Mayfield, six and eight in 14 games, that feels much different than six and eight with Jacoby Brissett. Because six and eight with Baker Mayfield, I'm still there watching. Six and eight with Jacoby Brissett, man, it's cold. Somebody give me some hot chocolate. I don't even want to be in a dog pound no more. Where's a kitten pound or somebody else's pound, big dog? I see that. I know you've gotten on me for this, but I have to bring this to the table because I feel like we've lowered the bar for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield didn't come into the National Football League as a walk-on. Baker Mayfield came in as the number one overall pick. And using your college analogy, he was a five-star that had a $10 million NIL deal. That's Baker Mayfield. So I expect Baker Mayfield to raise the level of play, to get us to the playoffs, not just once, but to always have us in that mix. 
I didn't get that from Baker Mayfield. I didn't get spectacular individual performance from Baker Mayfield. I got okay play. I got a team that was upgraded that played well. Uh, we went to the playoffs. I hate this take. I hate, we went, we I went hate to the playoffs. Did we go take. to the playoffs because of him or in spite of him? It's a difference. I hate this take. Before I bring in Slick Rick, I got to tell you, I got I to address this. I got to address this. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrated than this. Um, you remind me of my Nigerian relatives who forget what it's like to be broke. That's who you remind me of. Bucky, you know I'm first-generation American. Several of my cousins, aunts, uncles, and them live in Nigeria. Every now and then, we will come to America to visit me, my brothers, my siblings, mom, and pops. In Nigeria, 75% of people live off less than a dollar a day. So when I go back to Nigeria, my relatives, they know how to have fun slumming it, mm-hmm. right? You don't need all that. Then you come to America. Oh, nice. You yeah. take them out to some steakhouses yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Week one, we take them out to some nice breakfast, some buffets and whatnot. By week two, they expecting yes. the steakhouse. But I'm like, wait a second. Why are you expecting this filet mignon when back over there you eating goat meat? And you was good with the goat meat. But now you expecting the filets Oscar style with the lobster tail, too. Don't forget what it's like to be broke. The Browns for years uh, were broke as it pertains to wins and losses. Baker Mayfield gave the Browns a filet mignon in 2020 with a lobster tail on the side. And now Browns fans are sitting around looking at Baker acting as though this was the norm. Y'all was eating goat meat before I showed up, big dog. I'm the one who brought y'all some fillets, some Oscar styles. Before I hear from you, I got to bring in my guy, Slick Rick the Buker, to add another opinion to this conversation. So, Slick Rick, where you at, big dog? Oh, there he is. There's that smiling face. Uh, Slick, will the Browns regret trading Baker Mayfield? Can, can we just can we settle something, uh, up, Buck? And I think you're with me on this. When has Baker Mayfield ever been... Compared to filet mignon, (laughs) we weren't feeding the Cleveland Browns fans filet mignon, okay? We were giving them a good burger, and they (laughs) might have been eating goat meat, okay? So we know that there's better out there. And that's the thing is, you bring bring people to America, and they're like, wow, burger's just kind of average here. Like, we could do even better than that. So, no, here's – they're not going to regret that they traded Baker, because there was no return at this point on both sides of this equation. They're going to regret how they ended up trading Baker Mayfield. Because here's the truth of the matter. They made a decision on Baker Mayfield a year ago. They didn't just make it. They didn't just make it when Deshaun Watson became available. They made it when they weren't willing to even negotiate an extension with him. When they took the wait-and-see approach. And that wasn't... Let's wait and see what Baker can be this next season. It was, let's wait and see if we can find something better. And Baker caught wind of that, and he was like, I I want up out of here. So the relationship was broken. And as much as I would make the case, and and did at one point, I was with you, Emmy. like in a perfect world, Baker comes back with his hat in his hand and says, hey, I want to – I want to fix this. I realize what I have now. And I don't even know if that would be good enough. But he finds a way to repair that relationship. And the Browns are open to that idea. That would have been the best case scenario for Mm -hmm. everyone for this season. But coming to the realization that they signed Deshaun Watson with only a $1 payment this season in that big extravagant contract, 
says to me that they, the Browns had already made the decision. We're moving on no matter what. So it's a matter of they, in, they devalued this asset in the most egregious way possible. If we're talking about moving Baker a year ago, I guarantee you it's not a fifth conditional pick. They're getting something better than that. And they had already decided we're looking to turn the page. So I put it on the Browns, the fact that they were forced into this situation. But nonetheless, once they found themselves there, there was no turning back. So ultimately, they had to move. Sure. Sure. Slick, I do not think you are inaccurate. I just think you are incomplete. Just because you have to do something doesn't mean you won't regret it. Slick, I vividly recall it was right before Christmas. One of my closest friends was in turmoil. They were in a relationship. They knew they had to get up out of it. Right before Christmas, they were like, hey, Ach, you know, what should I do? Should I should I break up with them right now or should I wait until we get to the new year? I was like, yo, wait, 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 wait. Somebody came to you for for, for relationship. <laughs> I advice. told you I'll be reading marriage books <laughs> lit. OK, no, I didn't wait till it started raining to build the ark. OK, I'm okay, fair, I'm building. Fair, fair. Now, look, my homeboy comes to me and says, hey, Ach, what do I do? Do I end things now or do I wait until the new year? I'm like, look, you already know it's over. Go ahead and end it. Problem slick. Now we had to go to Christmas, a family function. All his siblings are married and he's sitting there single. His parents, aunts, uncles sitting here chastising him. When are you going to find your own wife? He regretted going to the Christmas party, going to Christmas single, though he knew he had to get out the relationship. He could have just made it last because not making no. it last led to regret. Look, I don't think you're inaccurate, big dog. Wait, 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 wait. I just think you're incomplete, sir. No, Acho, he would have then done what the Cleveland Browns did. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to put off the inevitable. <laughs> so now you take her to the Christmas mm -hmm. event mm -hmm. and now she She's got an idea that things are a little bit different than they actually are. Like, no, 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 dude, rip the Band-Aid off. Move on. You've already decided it's over. There's never a good time to, to, to end that relationship. But by stringing it out, you're only making things worse because who knows? You show up at the Christmas event. Somebody invites a cousin. Somebody invites like. <laughs> Here you, Rick. You never know what the possibilities are. Bucky, let are, me ask you, you this. Decided that what you have wasn't me, good. Let you me got to move on, brother. Bucky, let me ask you this then, because the question slick is at what expense? The San Francisco 49ers, You are very familiar with the Bay Area. You cover that team. The San Francisco 49ers, they know and have known they're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Bucky, you know that. Y'all have written articles, Slick Rick. You know that. But. Mm -hmm. Even though they know they're moving on from Jimmy G, they've kept Jimmy G around because it is for the behoovement of the Niners organization that though we know we're breaking up with Jimmy G, we're not yet ready to break up with him because we would have to regret that breakup until Trey Lance, our backup, is ready. Bucky, don't you think the Browns, to some degree, find themselves in a similar situation, knowing Deshaun is likely going to be absent for a period of time? Well, now they don't really have a backup that they can believe in different player Jimmy Garoppolo has been successful very successful with the San Francisco 49ers they have a resume of success when Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback and by all accounts everybody in the locker room fights for Jimmy Garoppolo I'm still waiting for a Brown to come up and speak about Baker Mayfield and how good he was for the mm -hmm. team and how they're going to regret missing we haven't heard a word 
I think that speaks volumes about Baker Mayfield and how he's perceived in that locker room. It also speaks to me when Baker Mayfield last week came out and said, if there's going to be a reconciliation, someone needs to reach out. The Browns never reached out. To me, it seemed like it was over, but Baker Mayfield was still looking at his phone for the text, Mm. hoping that his ex would make that, that call, make that text, and it never happened. It's over. The Browns need to move on. I think they did a the right thing for this organization. Hey, you don't like it, you move on, find somebody else. Man, that's a very, very fascinating point, which I look forward to exploring over the rest of this show. We haven't really heard Browns players come to the defense of Baker Mayfield over the course of his tenure. Even Browns coaches have rarely come to the defense of Baker Mayfield. Quick reminder for those at home. Remember Robbie Anderson, star receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Months ago, when there was word that the Panthers might be interested in Baker Mayfield, Robbie Anderson, he posted on Instagram saying, no, with more O's than I have breath to speak of. Coming up, Baker Mayfield. That fresh start in the NFC. We got to keep talking a little bit more about Baker because the real question is this. Can he resurrect his career in Carolina? I'm thinking yes. Stick around to find out why. That's next. Speak. Baker Mayfield, he's out of Cleveland. You already know it. We're talking about it all show. Former first-round pick on the move to Carolina where he'll likely compete with Sam Darnold to be the Panthers' starting quarterback. It is competition season, Bucky Brooks. Not going to be handed to him. Can Baker resurrect his career in Carolina? He can, but this is the biggest test that Baker Mayfield has ever had. And I know that I'm talking about a guy who was a walk-on at Texas Tech. Talk about it. At Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. won the Heisman Trophy, became number one pick. True. This is the biggest challenge that he will face because what he has to do is he has to win a job with – Four weeks of practice Mm. and one preseason game. Because remember, there are only three preseason games. Mm -hmm. And so he has to do this quickly. He has to step on the field and learn a new language. So Rosetta Stone, Babel, whatever he has to get. He not only has to know it, but he has to be fluent in it. And he has to speak it better than Sam Donald. That is a huge challenge in a short amount of time. Yeah. Who is... Baker Mayfield. Who is Baker Mayfield? Ask yourself that as you're watching this. Baker Mayfield is out of Lake Travis where, as Bucky said, he goes to Texas Tech and he's a walk-on. Wins the starting job. Well, after doing that, Baker Mayfield transfers to the University of Oklahoma. Oklahoma was on the up and up and up. Baker Mayfield takes a job from Trevor Knight, wins that starting job, leads Oklahoma to the college football playoffs, not once, but twice, if I am not mistaken. He wins the Heisman Trophy, is a number one overall pick, goes to Cleveland. In Cleveland, they were 1-31 the prior two seasons. Mm -hmm. Y'all didn't hear me right. They were 1-31 the prior two seasons. He wins six games. Come on, Baker, you can do more. He wins six games. Come on, Baker, you can do more. He wins 11 games, wins a playoff game, first time since 1994. That is who Baker Mayfield is. So showing up in Carolina, I have no doubts he can resurrect his career because... Everywhere Baker Mayfield goes, he finds a way to win. How long does he sustain his winning? That is to be decided. But everywhere Baker Mayfield goes, finds a way to win. Whether at Texas Tech, whether at Oklahoma, whether at Cleveland, and now in Carolina. But here's the issue. The Panthers are, to some degree, like a Titanic sinking ship. Mm. And head coach Matt Rule is throwing everything off the ship, trying to save himself. 
Last year, head coach Matt Rule fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady in the middle of the season. Keep in mind, Joe Brady was the most sought-after position coach when he was hired to the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. Matt Rule, head coach of the Panthers, fires in the middle of the season. The question is why? Well, because Matt Rule, going on year two, struggled in year one, struggling in year two, I got to do something. Okay, I fired Joe Brady. That's not enough. Let me hire Cam Newton. Mm. And let me start Cam Newton on four days of preparation because I, as Matt Rule, know I'm not doing a great job as a coach. So I just got to start getting rid of weight. I just got to start distracting people to stay afloat. Baker Mayfield is going to a Panthers team with a coach essentially on a one-year deal, a star running back, Christian McCaffrey, essentially on a one-year deal, And Baker Mayfield is on a one-year deal. So while he can absolutely resurrect his career, I am with you, Bucky Brooks. It will be the hardest thing he's had to do. It will be the hardest thing because I think people forgot. They picked up Sam Donald's fifth-year option. Sam Donald's making more money from the Panthers than Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield is coming in at $4.5 million, which is nice backup money. Break that down. Break that down, because I, you and me are talking. I played in the league. You played in the league. I know what it means when a guy so, isn't getting paid that much. What does it mean? What should it mean to the viewers? Okay, so here's what it means. Baker Mayfield originally was due $19 million when they picked up his fifth-year option for the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have agreed to pay over $10 million. Baker Mayfield dropped $3.5 million of that money because he wanted to get out of there. The Carolina Panthers are paying him right under $5 million. So he's making $5 million. Sam Donald is making, I think, 13, 14, maybe 19, Nine? Yeah. So, so Sam Donald's making more money. So we're assuming that Baker Mayfield is coming in with the upper hand, but it's not true because the bigger check is going to Sam Donald. And oh, by the way, that check to Sam Donald is also guaranteed. He's getting his money. And so this is a situation where Baker Mayfield, he has to whip Sam Donald quickly mm-hmm. so he can get with the ones, play with the first teamers in that second preseason game, which is the dress rehearsal. Because if it's not happening then, he won't get a chance to run with the starters until the regular season. It has to be quick work by Baker Mayfield. He has to hit the ground running. One of my favorite books, it's a top best-selling book for those of y'all that are readers. If you're not a reader, I'm just going to give you the Spark Notes version. That's a short version. Uh, the five love languages. Five love languages. Acts of service, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, and gifts. Acts of service, physical touch, quality, uh, quality time, words of affirmation, and gifts. That is incredibly important in relationships. It means absolutely nothing in the NFL. In the <laughs> NFL, the only love language is money. And as Bucky just alluded to, The more you get paid, the easier it is for you to start. Quick secret, y'all. The best players don't always play in the NFL. No. The highest paid players play in the NFL. The most mind-blowing thing that really occurred over the course of my NFL tenure, my rookie year, was when Russell Wilson won the starting job. You probably remember it because you were covering it. Russell Wilson won the starting job. It blew my mind. Not because Russ wasn't talented. Russ was drafted in the third round. And Matt Flynn, who the Seahawks acquired earlier that offseason, was played an absorbent amount of money, all things considered. As soon as I saw Matt Flynn get that deal, I'm like, oh, ain't no way Russ is starting. Because it doesn't matter how good Russell Wilson is. He's a third-round pick. Matt Flynn is a high-paid player. The highest-paid player starts. Always. Always. Bucky Brooks just said it. Baker Mayfield is a Russell Wilson in this situation, meaning 
The cards are stacked against him. Sam Darnold is supposed to start, not based off talent, simply based off the fact that Sam Darnold is getting the love language that the NFL speaks. It's all about the moolah, baby. But Slick Rick Buecher, come in here and speak my language, big dog. Can Baker Mayfield resurrect his career with the Panthers? No, he can't resurrect his career with the Carolina Panthers. And I don't understand why... You and Bucky, who know the business of the NFL, you know how cutthroat it is. You just told me about how they demonstrate whether they believe in you or not. It's whether they pay you or not. Mm -hmm. Not you have to pay to go be (laughs) able to play for the Carolina Panthers. So I don't understand why you guys are half-stepping on this and doing the, yeah, well, he can because he's the twice walk-on king and he's in his sweet spot and the – Bar is set really low, and all he has to do is be better than Sam Darnold or Cam Newton, but he has a coach that's on his way out. They have a quarterback in waiting. He is, at best, a placeholder. Now, if you want to say he's resurrecting his career from where it is right now, which is nowhere, he he had no place to play, he was just looking for a place where he might be able to get on the field, then I would say, yes, he's able to resurrect his career for this season. But the Carolina Panthers are not investing in him. And the Carolina Panthers aren't nearly as good as the Cleveland Browns team that he had last season. Uh, They're going to be improved on the offensive line. Their wide receiving core should be improved this season. But it's still neither one of them is going to be as good as what he had with the Cleveland Browns last year. And more important than anything else, The Panthers are not buying into Baker Mayfield. To your point, I thought you said it perfectly. Matt Rule is just looking for, whether it's a port in the storm or it's a life preserver, he's just screaming, just give me something to, give me some driftwood to hold on to until I can figure something out. That's what Baker Mayfield is. He's a piece of driftwood right now. He's like, it's not going to cost us anything. Let's just go ahead and That's it. like. With a so you're going to oh like, is the driftwood God. suddenly going to become your ocean liner? No, it's a piece of driftwood. What does a driftwood do? You hold on to it until you can get the land. That's what's going on with Baker. May- this doesn't have anything to do with Baker Mayfield in terms of where his career is going. I hear it has you. a lot more to do with where the Panthers find him. Bucky, I saw you writing profusely over there. What, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? So my thoughts are this. Okay, because... Other than Rick Buecher is right. If, well, <laughs> Rick, I, right. I do like, I mean, the drift was a little harsh, and I can't wait for that to hit Twitter. That would be funny, a conversation to talk about. But if the Panthers really love Baker Mayfield, they would have made this deal happen a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They would have paid whatever money was necessary to bring him on board. And I will use this offseason as a case in point. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was available. The Washington Commanders snapped him up, paid him his money, and didn't blink mm-hmm. about it because they wanted to give him the full offseason to become the starting quarterback to settle in so that everyone on their team would recognize him as a franchise quarterback. The Carolina Panthers didn't do that. This deal has been talked about since, I mean, it seemed like the beginning of time. And yet here we are, July 6th is when they make the move, even though it's two weeks before training camp. So this right here tells you exactly what the Carolina Panthers think about Baker Mayfield. If they really wanted to make the move, they would have done it sooner. If they really wanted Baker Mayfield to be their starting quarterback, they wouldn't have hemmed and hawed about the money that was owed to Baker Mayfield. And they wouldn't have asked him 
to throw away 3.5 of his own money to come play for us. He is paying to play, which is unheard of. And so because of that, I really think that we got to dig deeper. Look, the easy analysis would be to say that, hey, they traded for Baker Mayfield. He's going to be the starting quarterback. But look a little deeper. They basically took Baker on almost like a charity case. Mm. And if it works mm. out, great. But if not, we'll go with Sam Donald. To me, this is one where Baker Mayfield has to be at his best to upset Sam Donald to take the starting job. Baker Mayfield, though, to me, is this. He's like a firework. And coming off of July 4th, we all should be very familiar. Interesting thing about fireworks. They shoot, they light up the sky, and then they fade very quickly. But they do, in fact, light up the sky. Everywhere Baker Mayfield has gone, Slick Rick, going back to high school where I believe he went to state if he did not win it, to college at Tech, to college at Oklahoma, to the Cleveland Browns, he's lit up the sky. So why in the world, Slick Rick, as you sit there with that beautiful smile on your face, why would we doubt Baker Mayfield now when he has already defied every single odd in his career? We would be the fools. We would be the dummies to look now and say, Baker Mayfield, you ain't, you, you're not going to resurrect your, his career. He's never lost, Lit. Like, literally. It doesn't matter how much you love or hate Baker Mayfield. He has never gone to a place and had no success at any point at the place he's gone to. I'm not going to be the dummy that bets against the guy that always finds a way to win at some point in time. Bucky, I get the feeling that Acho's still trying to win the A block after losing he it. Like, he's trying, to, he's trying to pull that one back. Can I, can I make a point? There's a reason to believe that Baker Mayfield and the Browns should have done it. Look, the entire NFL has given you the answer. Don't take my word for it, Acho. And I hate to be, I look, I love Disney movies. I love the, the comeback story, right? And that is the story of Baker Mayfield, the comeback kid. But once you've reached the next level, here's the distinction. He did that on every other level. He hasn't, yes, he raised the Browns. I'm not going to say that it was Baker Mayfield alone that did that. They, uh, they invested a lot into that team, and they, and they added a lot of other assets, uh, more so than Baker Mayfield, to make that team as competitive as it was. And what have we said all, all along the way? Why is Baker Mayfield out in Cleveland? Because for all of that surrounding talent, they never measured up to what expectation was. And the expectation, look, Baker Mayfield, as we said, he was a walk-on, and he was a walk-on. He became a Heisman Trophy winner, and he was always exceeding expectation, but it was also because he was coming from nowhere. And now you can't unring the bell that he is now a number one pick. And what can a number one pick do? And can he be a starting quarterback in this league at this point? Can he get the Carolina Panthers through this season? Can he win that job? Absolutely. Is somebody going to invest long-term at this level, expecting that the guy coming out of nowhere is going to take them somewhere? There's just, the NFL has given you your answer. And the NFL is, it's not we who decide whether Baker Mayfield resurrects his career. Somebody's going to have to give him the chance to do that. And the NFL right now, other than the Carolina Panthers who are just looking for driftwood, have said no. <laughs> We're just trying to get the land. Slick, I don't think it's a coincidence that you mentioned 
Disney movies in regards to Baker Mayfield. I don't think it's a coincidence that Baker Mayfield was born in the same year as The Lion King. And I don't think it's a coincidence because I thought Simba used to say it, but it was actually Baker who must have inspired, I'm going to be a mighty king, so enemies beware. You know what I'm saying? Baker about to be a mighty king. Y'all enemies like Slick Rick Buecher? Y'all just beware. (laughs) Coming up, it sounds like Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn, but we'll tell you if his best option is to stay with the Nets. That's next. Speak for yourself. Everybody look That analogy's going to be in the next option. Talking a little hoops. Reports say the Nets open to teams like the Raptors, Suns, and Heat, all making offers for Kevin Durant, but the Nets are looking for an all-star type of player. Saying, quote, a boatload of draft picks as well in return. Now, the report went on to say the Nets' offseason moves are in preparation as if they plan on bringing KD and Kyrie Irving back next season. So let's just cut to the chase. Slick, Rick, Buecher. Is Kevin Durant's best option to actually stay with the Nets? If it's to win a championship, no, it is not his best option. If it is to restore his image, yes, it is the best option. Because let's face it, this is the one thing we haven't considered. If he goes anyplace else, particularly if he goes to Miami or Phoenix or Boston, and he's viewed as the last piece to get them there, then he has to win a championship there. If he stays in Brooklyn, he doesn't have to win a championship. It would be nice and it would be of immense value to his reputation, but He doesn't have to. He just needs to talk to Kyrie and get him on the same same plane or accept that Kyrie doesn't uh, doesn't work out here. He can be friends with Kyrie in the offseason. But if it's in season, this is the way we've got to approach things. But the bar is completely different if he goes someplace else, because imagine if he goes yet, yet to another place, he goes to Miami or Phoenix and he doesn't win then that's only going to underscore the fact, Acho, that or the idea that the only way he could ever win a title was by joining a team that had already won a title in the Golden State Warriors. In, In Brooklyn, at the very least, he at least gets to demonstrate, I'm still chasing what it was that brought me here in the first place. And that's a far more noble undertaking than just jumping someplace else, hoping to finish the deal. I agree with that wholeheartedly as far as that being a noble undertaking if he were to stay in Brooklyn. Here is why Kevin Durant's best and really only good option is staying in Brooklyn. There are three teams that I would surmise Kevin Durant could go to and we guarantee he wins a chip. Three teams and only three teams. The Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Those are the only three teams that I can guarantee if Kevin Durant goes to, I promise you they will win a chip. You put Kevin Durant with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, they're going to win a chip. You put Kevin Durant with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, they're going to win a chip. You put Kevin Durant with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they're going to win a chip. Outside of that, to me, Slick, it's a guessing game. Put them on Phoenix, put them on Toronto, put them on Miami, put them on Dallas. Obviously, I'm hypothesizing because these teams would have to give up something in return. But just for the sake of conversation, assume they're giving up nothing. Only three teams, the Bucks, the Warriors, the Lakers. Problem slick with all three of those teams. 
they currently have a top 15 or top 20 all-time player. And those are the only mm. three teams that currently have a top 15 or top 20 all-time player. So if Kevin Durant is leaving Brooklyn, the only reason to leave Brooklyn is to win a chip and to guarantee you can win a chip. But the only place Kevin Durant can go to and guarantee he will win a chip is on a team with another top 15 all-time player. And if you win a chip with another top 15 all-time player, Kevin Durant, go to Beverly Hills, go to Mark's Jeweler, and just buy yourself a ring. Go downtown and just buy yourself a ring. Because winning a ring with a top 15 all-time player does nothing for Kevin Durant's legacy. So his best option, Slick, for me, and his only option is for him to stay in Brooklyn. Well, my best option right now, bring in NBA analyst and NBA champion, Antoine Walker, the guy they call Tuan. So, big dog, <laughs> Tuan, is Kevin Durant's best option staying with the Nets? I believe his best option is to stay with the Nets. But for this reason right here, the first thing is, with the roster that they have in place right now, I got the Nets as being one of the top four teams in the East. The Bucks, Celtics, the Nets, and then the Sixers. So they're in, they in the mix with the roster that's constructed right now when you, when you look at the roster from top to bottom. And then we got to look at the roster that, that the Nets have put together. You know, you add a Royce O'Neal, who can, who's a good defender, who's a guy who can make the three-point shot, a 38% career three-point shooter. TJ Warren, who was probably the, one of the best players in the bubble just a couple years ago, coming back from injury. He, you don't know how good he can be. And then obviously they signed they signed a Claxton back and, and Patty Mills and then Joe Harris and Steph Curry. And we all know you gotta have great three-point shooting to make a deep run or to win an NBA championship. We saw that this year with the number of threes that was being taken, and we saw the team that actually that won with Golden State was one of the better three-point shooting teams, if not the best shooting three-point team in the league. So you gotta have great three-point shooting. That's all in place already on this Brooklyn Nets roster. Ben Simmons, we don't know where he's at, but one thing we do know what Ben can do, and that's defend and rebound and handle the basketball. So they don't necessarily need Ben to score the basketball or shoot threes because they got all that in place right now. So I like the option of Kevin Durant staying there if he wants to really see if he can win the title. Him moving to another team, the things that you would have to give up and the core pieces to a team puts him in a bad situation either in the East or the West. It doesn't matter what team he goes to because the Brooklyn Nets have the, the offering sheet up so high. So you're going to give up the pieces that you would need to contend for a title. So I say all those things to say, stay in, stay in Brooklyn, K, KD, figure it out. You got a great team right there with you. You're a top four team in the East and give it a shot. This is, this is what you wanted. And if you can come back whole and healthy, they have a legitimate chance to make a, a legitimate title run in the Eastern Conference. Okay, so I have to pull this back a little bit because we are talking now as if it's a realistic possibility that Kevin Durant could mm -hmm. actually stay with the Brooklyn Nets mm -hmm. at this point after all that has transpired. And I can't help but feel like this is a lot like the Baker Mayfield Cleveland Brown situation. Yeah, we can make a case why it might be best for both parties. But at the same time, and I'm going to throw this out to you guys how realistic you really believe it is that Kevin Durant at this stage good point. could be willing and able to go back to the Brooklyn Nets because of everything has transpired. I just know from my experience 
that once a team says, okay, we'll look for a trade for you, and a player says, I want to be traded, where there's a mutual understanding we should part ways, I just can't recall of a time where both parties, particularly when the player has asked out, that he's changed his mind and said, on second thought, you know what? I kind of like it here. So as good as all of that sounds, this sounds a lot like somebody trying to help the Brooklyn Nets simply create more leverage so that when they're moving Kevin, everybody's not looking at it as, well, you have to move KD. It's a fire sale at this point where it's like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't have to move him. We could keep him. I don't know that anybody in the well, league is actually buying that, but I believe that, that that's why we're getting this report but, with this idea that he could stay. But, Rick, think about this. You get to, say Brooklyn says, no, we're not going to make a move. It goes dead cold. You get to August 15th. You get to August 20th. KD hasn't been moved. He's calmed down. He's not as emotional anymore. He starts to look at this like, hey, it's not a really a, a trade out there, a team I can go to. He may have to start thinking about coming back. Mm -hmm. You got to remember, this guy's under contract. Kyrie's under contract. They not, they're not going to sit out. We know that. So think about it. If you start to hold on a little bit, the Brooklyn doesn't panic. And if they can't get the best package together, and you know Utah messed this up for everybody. <laughs> you know Utah get, getting <laughs> the Minnesota package they put together. Up. Well, Minnesota did, but the Utah-Minnesota trade – Messed it up for everybody. So, you know, Brooklyn's like, listen, if you can get that for Rudy Gobert, right. imagine we what first we round get picks, eh? Right. So, I just think Brooklyn's going to hold fast. And you know players. Players are emotional. They're getting their feelings. I think now you let this die down a month, five, six weeks, I think he changes his mind. Like, let me, let's me let let's figure this out. Ben, you start, ben starts working out. Ben starts to look good on the court. He probably sees him in the summer working out. Things can change, so it's, it's still out there. Let me, let me jump in here real quick because the question, Tuan, the question slick, is Kevin Durant's best option to stay with the Nets. So then the real question we got to ask ourselves is what are the other options? Slick, Tuan, y'all know this. It was October 2017. Kevin Durant says, man, Steph Curry is the face of the franchise, and that helps me out because I don't have to be. Kevin Durant says, I don't want to be a leader. I'm not a leader. I'm bad at saying stand behind me. So Kevin Durant has to go to Wait a, a friend. He said that? I said that. He got to <laughs> go to a franchise slick where he doesn't have to be the face. There are only so many franchises that Kevin Durant can go to where there is a star whose star power is as high as or higher than his. He has to go to a franchise where there is a player who is as beloved or more beloved than a Kevin Durant who would be showing up would be. Because Kevin Durant does not thrive in an environment where he has to be the face of the franchise or where he has to be the leader. He has said so himself. The problem is any organization he goes to where there is no other player that is going to be a star greater than his own, he's not going to win there. And any franchise he goes to where there is another star player of equal or greater value than his own, it doesn't matter if he wins there. So truth be told, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place, which is why I say he should go ahead and stay in Brooklyn and see what happens. Coming up, the Lakers have not added any big names like Kyrie Irving. We'll tell you how LeBron should feel about his team's offseason. 
That's next. Speed for yourself. Lakers have had quite the offseason. Hired a new head coach, Darvin Ham. I ran into him this weekend, by the way. We'll talk about that later. But so far, no trade for LeBron James' former teammate, Kyrie Irving. Now, a report says there is, quote, no traction on any type of deal for Kyrie, and there is absolutely no timetable when it's going to happen. So, Slick, we're talking about one of the biggest brands in all of sports, the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the biggest stars in the history of sport, LeBron James. How should LeBron feel about the Lakers' offseason? He should be devastated, Nacho. Wow. And it's not... It's not because we're, we don't have any traction on a Kyrie Irving trade. That's going to happen eventually. It's the first week in July. Training camp doesn't open until the end of September. LeBron has plenty of things to do in the offseason. Uh, the Kyrie Irving thing is going to happen eventually. That it hasn't happened yet doesn't suggest that it's not going to. He should be devastated because of what Anthony Davis uh, revealed when it came to what he's been doing. Now I know, and for those who didn't didn't know, uh, AD came out and said that he hadn't touched the ball since the beginning of April, and his trainer has since come out and said, no, he's gotten up plenty of shots. He's tried to try to walk that back somewhat. I don't need him getting up shots. I'm not worried about his shot. I'm not worried about his skills. I'm worried about his body. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about his commitment, and I'm worried about his hunger since winning a championship in the bubble. They didn't make the uh, or they got the a quick first round exit. Uh, two years ago, did that motivate AD to come back stronger, better than ever? Got to make up for it. Got to get back on that championship trail. No, it did not. Is this not even making the playoffs, being an 11th place team in the uh, Western Conference? Has that created a lit a fire under him? Has it motivated him? We got to get back on top. Apparently not. And so for all the talk about are they going to get Kyrie? Or are they not going to get Kyrie? What's it going to cost them, et cetera? Kyrie Irving does not change the landscape for the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis does. Mm. If Anthony Davis is the player and the monster that he was in that short time in the Orlando bubble, then adding Kyrie Irving can would possibly make them, I still don't think that they're a title contender, but would make them appreciably better, would make them at least interesting. If Anthony Davis is nothing better than he was this past season, which was only partly available and a 500 record player when he was available, it doesn't matter who they get. Even your deal with getting Kevin Durant, if they got KD and Anthony Davis can't be the backbone of their defense, they are not coming anywhere close to a title. So that, for that reason, what he heard about AD should be the thing that devastates LeBron and has him worried that he's going to go through another season exactly like the last one. Mm, Slick, strong. I really don't disagree with anything you said. I'm a little more optimistic. I don't think LeBron should be devastated because LeBron gets it right more often than he does wrong, Slick. And we cannot look at LeBron's last season and say, oh my gosh, LeBron James has never had any idea what he is doing. Even if it is all wrong, LeBron James finds a way to make it right. Slick, go back to 2015, 16, when LeBron joins the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we're looking around like, he ain't got no D-Wade. He ain't got no Chris Bosh. Wait, Kevin Love? LeBron, you going to roll out here with Kevin Love and, and think you're going to be able to get it done? 
found mm. a way in 2016 for the greatest comeback in history. Go to 2018, Kyrie Irving no longer present. Bron, there's no way you'll get back to the No way you'll get back to the finals. LeBron James somehow, some way, finds a way to get back to the finals. Obviously, it did not go his, play, his way in the finals. Nobody was going to stop that Warriors team. Go to 2020, Los Angeles Lakers. Come on, Bron Bron. AD's only played 56% of the games the last two years. You anticipate Anthony Davis is going to be healthy enough to get you a championship? But somehow, some way, he got it done. The reason LeBron James should be cautiously optimistic is because LeBron James gets it right much more often than he gets it wrong. But the reason I do agree with you, Rick Buecher, I don't think it's in LeBron's hands. I think it is up to Anthony Davis, not Kyrie Irving, mm -hmm. not Darvin Ham. I think it is up to Anthony Davis how it goes for the Los Angeles Lakers this upcoming season. So for that reason, Slick, I'm not at all opposed to your take. But let's bring in Antoine Walker to see what he has to say. NBA champion Antoine, what's up, man? How should LeBron feel about the <laughs> Lakers offseason? If I'm LeBron, I feel good. And the reason why I feel good is because my two other co-stars should be very motivated to play this season. They point. have a lot to prove. When you think about Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, two guys that didn't have great years, they should mm. be motivated and ready to go. Like some other people, I like the Lakers signings this summer. I know they're young, they're not big names, but they got younger, which they need to do. You need to replace the Camelo Anthony's, the Trevor Reza's, the older guys, and get a little younger so you can be better defensively. So I like the Lonnie Walker pickup. I like Stanley Johnson. I think THT is going to be better again next year. Kedrick Nunn, a guy we didn't see play last year, who played you know, pretty good two years ago with the Miami Heat, he'll be back. So you've got some young pieces that's in play. The only thing I'm a little skeptical about with this, and if I'm LeBron, you may feel bad a little bit, is the three-point shooting which is very difficult to do because three-point shooters are hard to come by in this league. They weren't able to really address that so far this summer. They haven't been able to address it. They don't have great three-point shooting, which you need that to be successful, I think, in the league with so many teams shooting a three. But I think LeBron should feel good. You got a new voice and Darvin Ham, a coach that's going to bring some defense, is going to a, a great motivator. But his co-stars should be make LeBron feel really good. Both of these guys got to have rebound back years. And those guys should be motivated from start to finish, ready to go. I know, Rick, you talked about AD and him talking about not touching the ball. I'm fine with him not touching the ball in April. As long as he's starting to touch it now in July, August, and September leading up to camp. I'm fine with it. I wasn't happy about that either. That rubbed me the wrong way too as well. But I think he'll be ready to come and motivated. The pressure's on. This is L.A. It's a little different in L.A. when that media gets on you. He'll be ready to go. You know what, Tuan, I wish I could believe that. And, and, but for all the reasons why, if, if that was true about A.D., I feel like we should have seen it before now. It's not as if they just fell off. They've been struggling for a couple of years now. And I expected actually after the championship, that was the time for A.D. to say, because this was the plan. He was supposed to take the mantle from LeBron. Now I'm going to become the guy. And what did he do? He didn't come back with the same fire by any stretch of the imagination. He was not nearly as good as he was in the bubble when he was supposed to be taking another step forward. So I'm just not convinced that 
AD's appetite hasn't been sated by that one championship and that we're going to see him get back to the, the motivated AD that we saw when that championship was within sight. Like we're, we only got a couple of weeks to go where we got to play great. And if we can do that, then I can get the ring that I've always wanted. That's what I haven't seen. And here's the other part. And I, you know what, I guess it's just my, it's my responsibility. It's my mantle to carry. And I will accept it on this show today, which is I have to be the bad guy. I have to talk about how there's no chance for Baker Mayfield. And I have to talk about how, when we talk about LeBron James and what he needs from the pieces around him, we're not talking about the same LeBron James that we saw in Cleveland. Uh, it's not the same LeBron James. Fair. And it's why he needs an AD as much as he does. Because you're right, Acho, he is calculated. And he was so calculated last year that he measured last year's team and he said, we are not going anywhere. But I still want to demonstrate that I am a capable player, that I am still a star. So how can I do that on my own? Well, I can score. I can score better than I've ever scored before. It might take more shots. It might take more threes. <laughs> and that might not be conducive to us winning games. It might mean me playing more fourth quarter minutes even when we've blown out a team. But what am I saving myself for? Why should I play fewer minutes like I did previously where I got to save my body because I got to play more games in order to, uh, to give us a chance to have home court advantage and be ready for the playoffs? Nah, we got a team that we're beating up on and I'm lighting them up. I'm going to stay out there for a couple more minutes and see if I can push this pass forward 40 and get my, my, my average up. And then if that costs me a couple games, well, that's not so bad because it means I have fewer games that I have to score big numbers in in order to maintain that average to win a scoring title. So that was what his goal was last year. And he did it very well. Didn't quite get there, but put himself in the running. Pretty impressive. But he can't be going for a scoring record if he's going to be competing for a title this year. It's going to have to be a different LeBron James. And I just question at 38 whether he's capable of that. Because if he was, then I feel we wouldn't have seen him turn the page and go in another direction last year. I know that's not going to be a popular take. I also know it's the right one, so I have to take it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Slick Rick. Um, here's what we know about LeBron James. Here's what I know about LeBron James. I'm not going to be the one to question him. Just two years ago, we saw him lead the NBA in assists. Just last year, he nearly, nearly led the NBA in points scored. Whatever LeBron James wants to do as an individual, he can do. The question is, collectively, can he get the Lakers back to a title? Time will tell. Coming up. We got a lot more on Baker Mayfield. In case y'all missed the breaking news, Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers. Talking about that next. Speak for yourself. Don't go anywhere. Get back to the huge news of the day. Baker Mayfield finally out of Cleveland, headed to Carolina in exchange for a conditional fifth round pick in 2024. Now the Browns are paying 10 million of the salary. The Panthers paying 5 million of the salary. And Baker Mayfield chose to forego the remaining three million dollars. Hmm, that's curious. So I gotta bring in Bucky Brooks to make sense of all of this. Bucky, did Baker Mayfield make the right decision? You know, if Baker Mayfield was gonna make this decision where he was gonna take a pay cut and then eventually work his way to Carolina, 
I would have suggested that he do it early in the offseason to give himself a full opportunity to learn the playbook, get to know his teammates, be very comfortable and acclimated to the system so he could play at his best because this is supposed to be the jump off, the launching pad for a new extension, a new career, like being able to really maximize everything. Because he waited so late, he did himself a disservice. Not only did he give away the $3 million, but now the run rate is so short getting into the season. I don't know how he's going to be able to play at his best when he's still trying to figure it out on the fly. Here's what I hate about this Baker Mayfield news. This is what I hate the most. Baker Mayfield, athletes, don't ever give away money that you have earned. Ever. In order for Baker Mayfield to earn that $18 million, three of which he just foolishly gave back, he had to walk on to Texas Tech. Then he had to transfer to Oklahoma. Then he had to lead Oklahoma to the college football playoffs where he would face juggernauts of college football like Georgia. Then he had to win a Heisman Trophy. Then he had to get drafted to the Cleveland Browns, an organization that was 1-31 in in their previous two seasons. He had to absorb four different head coaches over three years. He had to lead the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, a place they hadn't been since 2002. He had to win a playoff game, something they hadn't done since 94. Baker Mayfield had to do all of that just to earn that $18 million. And then he decided to give away nearly 20% of that money for what? So of all the things Baker Mayfield has done wise over the course of his career, don't ever, as an athlete or as Baker Mayfield, give away money that you have earned and worked tirelessly to acquire. That is why I don't love what Baker Mayfield did with this decision. If you wanted to go to Carolina, they're going to find a way. Somebody going to find a way to get me to Carolina and I still make my $18 million. Panthers, if y'all want me bad enough, pay me eight. Cleveland, pay me 10. Cleveland, do you want to get rid of me bad enough? Pay me 13. Carolina, pay me five. But under no circumstances, Bucky Brooks, should athletes ever give money back when you know just how hard it is to earn it. Now, I know this was a negotiation. I know Baker was trying to wait this out, but he still had all the leverage in this negotiation, the Browns had to make a decision. They either were going to have to pay him all of his money to cut him or they have to trade him away eventually. And I know Baker Mayfield wanted the play. The issue that I have with the give back, if I'm going to give the money back and I'm going to bet on myself, I want to bet on myself in a situation that can propel me to a better job or a bigger paycheck. And so, for instance, let's think about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston takes a step back from Tampa, goes to New Orleans, plays behind Drew Brees, tries to build back his career. He probably is into a two-year contract with the Saints. Baker Mayfield, let's say Baker Mayfield decided to do that, take that same route. He goes to Tampa, plays with, behind Tom Brady, has an opportunity to learn what the GOAT does, and then it makes him a better player. Then he goes and has an opportunity. But by going to Carolina, he doesn't go to a better team. He has to make them significantly better for everyone to recognize his ability as a starting quarterback. To me, this is a lose-lose situation. He loses the money on the front end, and he potentially loses money on the back end if he doesn't play the way that he expects to play or we expect him to play when he comes in and we are anointing him as a starter. What's so interesting is veteran as Baker Mayfield is, this was a rookie move. Baker Mayfield should know 
the player that is paid the most is the player that will have the most opportunity. Baker, by giving money back, you gave away more of your opportunity. Yes. By keeping that $3 million, whoever absorbs your salary, because somebody has to, whoever absorbs your salary is going to do whatever the heck they can to keep you there. I'll tell on myself. I was drafted to the Cleveland Browns in the sixth round of the 2012 draft. Unfortunately, I had torn my quad in the combine. I was not the same player. Tore my quad in the combine, fall to the sixth round of the draft. Truth be told, I couldn't run after tearing my quad that first year in Cleveland. I tear my MCL while playing against the Green Bay Packers in training camp. True story. The Browns should have just cut me. Injury released me. Hey, Acho, you can't run. Plus, you tore your MCL. Plus, your quad hurt. We don't want nothing to do with you. But they drafted me. And because they drafted me, they did that part. They were invested in me, so now they don't want to look stupid and cut a draft pick. If I was undrafted, I would have been cut. No love, no loss. Acho, you got to go. But because they had invested in me, they had to keep me around. Baker, whoever invests in you has to keep you around. But now that Baker Mayfield has a minimal investment from Carolina, $5 million, a minimal investment from Cleveland, $10 million, and he uninvested in himself gave away $3 million, truth be told, nobody has to keep Baker Mayfield around. Well, speaking of keeping guys around, Slick Rick, he stayed around to talk a little bit more Baker. So, Slick, is Baker making the right decision in going or allowing himself to go to Carolina? Absolutely. He's making the right decision. Both of you are talking as if he had multiple options to go someplace and play. As of right now, or, or as of yesterday, <laughs> Baker Mayfield had no way of getting on the field anywhere. He's not Jameis Winston for two reasons. One, because Baker Mayfield, if there's any guy that can look at it and say, I've already bankrolled myself. 10 times over, not by what I made just on the field, but what I made off of it. And so it's not just about money. And Acho, I agree with you with, with in principle, never give back money that you've already earned. But we see NFL players do this all the time, restructuring their contracts. Sometimes it's to benefit the team overall, which then benefits them. But sometimes it's to avoid not getting cut. It's like, we need to restructure your deal or you're going to be out on the open market. Baker Mayfield essentially spent $3 million to say, I want to give myself a chance to play. Not that the Carolina Panthers is the ideal spot. It's the only spot. And for him to have any chance of resurrecting his career, the first thing he needed was to get on the field. Now, I agree with you. It, ideally, uh, Bucky, he would have done this earlier, but I think he was following Acho's sentiment, which is, I don't want to give back money if I don't have to. Correct. He finally got to a point where he's like, I need time. If I'm going to go, I need the time to give myself a chance. So now it's worth the $3 million. So I understand why he made the decision he made, and I understand why he did it. And it's it's not just the right decision. It was really the only decision, the only reasonable decision he could have made. But, Slick, here's my only thing. And as it pertains to other NFL players restructuring their deals, usually here's the trick. They just turn future money into guaranteed money to get it off the books. If Baker would have done that, I'm good. 
If you want to somehow, some way, turn your $18 million into some sort of thing to get it off the books, but you still get it, I'm good. Here's why I think Slick Baker's making a pivotal mistake. And, Bucky, I believe you will agree with me, but I'm eager to hear your thoughts. I think Baker is under the assumption the job is his in Carolina. Truth be told, Baker Mayfield was more likely to start more games in Cleveland than he is to start in Carolina, in my humble opinion, because in Cleveland, without Deshaun Watson, assuming Deshaun gets suspended for X amount of games, Baker Mayfield is the starter. In Carolina, the Panthers have dedicated a second round, fourth round, and sixth round pick to acquire Sam Darnold. They only dedicated a fifth round pick in 2024 for Baker Mayfield. So the Panthers have much more invested in Sam Darnold, $19 million to $5 million. Second, fourth, and sixth round pick to a fifth round pick in 2024. Baker Mayfield was more likely to start more games in Cleveland this season and make more money in Cleveland this season. Bucky, I see you nodding your head. What you thinking? No, no, because that is a great point when you talk about the investment, because it does come down to the investment. With more investment comes more opportunities. So Sam Darnold gets more opportunities. I think here's the thing that Baker could have thought about when it comes to how I play this out. Yes, I advocated that you make this move early in the offseason to give yourself a chance to link up with the team so now you can learn the playbook and get acclimated with maybe being a new QB1. But if you're not going to do that, let's go back to 2016. I think that was the year when Carson Wentz was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. They had a quarterback already on the roster in Sam Bradford. The Eagles kept Sam Bradford on the roster while letting Carson Wentz eventually win the job. And lo and behold, what happened? Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. The Minnesota Vikings didn't give a first-round pick to bring Sam Donald in, Sam Bradford in. Sam Bradford becomes a starting quarterback. The longer it played out, the more pressure was on the Cleveland Browns to do something with Baker Mayfield. We know this game, and we don't wish this on anybody. But somebody's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Some quarterback was going to be out there. It was going to trip and fall and get hurt. And that might have opened up a door for Baker Mayfield. He has now given up that opportunity, along with $3 million, to go compete for a job mm-hmm. with Sam Donald for a, a position that is more of the team. The team has invested more in Sam Donald than in him. It just makes it an uphill climb for Baker Mayfield as he tries to jumpstart his career. It is an uphill battle. As we have established, Baker Mayfield knows how to climb uphill. But as Bucky Brooks said earlier, and he continues to state, this might be Baker Mayfield's toughest challenge yet. Well, speaking of tough challenges, the Nets going to have a really tough challenge trying to keep Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the building. So that begs the question, should the Nets make amends with KD and Kyrie or just let them go? That's next. Speak for yourself. There's been nothing but drama in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they appear to both want out and their days be numbered, but not so fast. Reports are saying that the Nets offseason moves are actually in preparation to try to maybe bring KD and Kyrie back next season. Golly, it is spicy in Brooklyn. Slick, break this down for me, please. KD wants out. Kyrie wants in. Wait, they both want out. The Nets want them out. Now the Nets want them in. I can't make sense of it. You make sense of it. Should the Nets try to make amends with KD and Kyrie? Should they try to make amends with KD and Kyrie? No, they should not Uh try to make amends with KD and Kyrie. Should they try to make amends with KD or Kyrie? (laughs) 
Yes, they should. They should try to make amends with KD because let's face it, everything that you look at what Kevin Durant has done with the Brooklyn Nets, maybe he hasn't been the leader that they had hoped or that we had hoped he would be. Maybe they haven't had the collective success that he, they, or we hoped they would have. But the fact of the matter is, Kevin Durant, since coming back from that Achilles tendon tear, has been pretty damn good. And if there's any reason that the Nets have fallen short, it's not Kevin Durant's play, without question. Kyrie is a completely different story. So, can you make amends with KD? Can you convince him to come back? And can you convince him that it's time for Kyrie to go? Like, you guys can be boys in the offseason, or you can hold him accountable and let him know that we have to approach things different in season. I don't believe that KD is ready and willing to do that. I don't even believe that the Nets are willing to hold out that olive branch to see that happen. So should they make an attempt to see if they can broker a piece with KD? Absolutely. But at this point, Kyrie Irving is not worth that bet. So, and Kyrie, no. (laughs) KD or Kyrie, absolutely. Slick, you're one of my favorite people to work with, Big Dog. You always make me think. Let me try to see you and raise you a thought of my own. I don't know if the Nets need to make amends with KD and Kyrie as much as KD and Kyrie need to make amends with each other. Because making Mm. amends with KD and Kyrie means absolutely nothing if KD and Kyrie are still beefing within Brooklyn. But if KD and Kyrie are at peace, that is what is most important. What I found so fascinating was this. There was no murmur of Kevin Durant wanting out of Brooklyn all offseason. There were thoughts and chirps of Kyrie Irving wanting out, but no murmur, not a peep of Kevin Durant wanting out of Brooklyn. Then Kyrie Irving opts back into his, what, $47 million deal. And within hours, Kevin Durant allegedly wants out of Brooklyn. Then we start to hear the thoughts that, well, Kevin Durant will play with Kyrie Irving, but out of Brooklyn. Slick, what I haven't been able to make sense of is that Kevin Durant immediately wanted out the moment Kyrie Irving opted in. So to Mm. me, from where I sit, it's not a matter of the Nets needing to make amends with KD and Kyrie as much as it is Kevin Durant needing to make amends with Kyrie and Kyrie needing to make amends with KD. Slick, what's your quick thought on that? I wouldn't interpret the opting in as an indicator and then KD saying I want out as an indicator that there is a beef between KD and Kyrie or there's a disagreement there. Kyrie had no other option at that point but to opt in. It was his way of getting back at the Nets. And I believe KD looked at that and the fact that the Brooklyn Nets weren't willing to invest in Kyrie, didn't believe in Kyrie, are looking to move Kyrie on. And Kyrie decides, I'm not even going to tell the Nets, I'm just going to opt in. That that was the battle cry. And that KD was aware that that was the battle cry. That they had already decided, you know what, we're off of the Brooklyn Nets because they no longer see us as a package deal. And what informed me that that was the case is because KD made it clear by letting it out, oh, I would still play with Kyrie. Kyrie's not the issue here. The Brooklyn Nets Mm. are. 
Mm. I love that. Well, hopefully Antoine Walker, NBA champion, will opt into this conversation because I need to get his thoughts. Tuan, <laughs> should the Nets make amends with KD and Kyrie? I think you try to make amends because talented players like this don't come around too often, especially when you talk about KD arguably is some people think he's the best player in the league. He's definitely top three. Kyrie Irving, when he's all together, he's a top 15 guy in his league. So those talented players don't come around too often. So you got to at least try to make an attempt to see if you can put it together. And I think the way you go by doing it is, and I like what Rick said, you start with KD and you have a conversation with KD. What is it going to take for you to want to stay here? Because obviously you wanted to be here and the contract talks between us and Kyrie Irving to me, seemed to, to change, the, shake, the, shake it up a little bit. And he probably wanted Kyrie to be paid and, and see if he's going to be there with him three, four years. And obviously, Brooklyn did not want to make that commitment. Um, obviously, because Kyrie's first concerns are not basketball. And it's, it's tough to put $200 million into a guy that you don't know if he's going to, his first concern is basketball. So I understood Brooklyn's stance on that. But I got to go to KD, see where his head's at. And if he wants Kyrie Irving to be his teammate, we can go back to the negotiating table and try to figure something out. That may be tacking on a year or tacking on two years. But the tough part is it is Kyrie Irving has watched $1.5 billion come across the table. Oh. That's the problem. He saw that type of money come across the table. And that's that's been the problem with the situation all season mm. long is that when you see these guys make, get this kind of money, He's like, man, I'm better than all these guys. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I yeah. get the same amount of money as some of these guys? And that's the problem with this situation right now. But if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sitting down with KD, really trying to figure this out and see if how what's going to make him happy. And if that's getting a deal done with Kyrie Irving, I got to try to figure it out. I don't know what it's going to take to make Kyrie Irving happy and sign a deal, but I want to see this thing through. KD's got four years left. The way they're putting the team together, it makes it seem like they do believe they're going to have a chance of keeping these guys together. So I'm all in on that, Rick. You got to go to KD first. And if, if he's not buying in, then obviously you let it go. Yeah. Tuan, you make a great, great point, and one that I really hadn't taken into consideration, which is the mindset of Kyrie Irving seeing $1.5 billion spent on all of these guys who have not accomplished anything close to what he has accomplished in the league and how that would sit with him and that he's now opting in and looking at being a free agent a year from now, basically having to prove himself all over again. But here's my pushback on the idea that because of his talent, the Nets have to find a way to make it work with him. And it's because that talent has not translated to winning. Mm, that part. This past season, mm. they were 14 and 15 in games that Kyrie Irving played. Three years ago, when he first joined the Brooklyn Nets, they were 17 and 23 in games that he played in. Now, the, game, this, the, the season in between, he was 36 and 18. But that was also when James Harden was having a year where early on he was considered an MVP candidate. He was playing, he was playing so well. And the games that Kyrie played without James Harden, they were 10 and 11 Ugh. two years ago. Ugh. So it's hard for me to make a case that as talented as Kyrie is, that I absolutely have to hold on to that because it's winning talent. 
That is not something that Kyrie has demonstrated since he's been a Brooklyn Nets. Tuan, let me ask you this, because you are uh, one of the most accomplished NBA players I've ever had the privilege and luxury of talking Mm -hmm. to. How come Kyrie's Irving... Kyrie Irving's talent does not translate into wins and losses. Please break that down for me from some sort of basketball perspective, because we all know how great he is, but for whatever reason, his greatness doesn't convert to W's. Well, I think it's a couple of things. One, I think he's, he's not a great leader, so you can't put him in that, you know, that situation where he has to be a leader. He's not a great leader. He's not a high assist guy. So he never, doesn't necessarily make others around him better. He, you know, his best attribute is a great score. And then the other thing about it is that with, with Kyrie, he's not a great defender. So you, he's got some negatives in his game that stops him from being the, as the, the elite, um, you know, at that point guard position where, you know, the steps and those guys, we see these guys have made conscious efforts to be better defensively and do other things in the parts of their game. What we haven't seen Kyrie do, but I think the one thing that's the leadership part speaks volumes. So it's very hard because he hasn't been a good leader. We saw that in Cleveland when he was by himself. You saw that in Boston in that situation. And then obviously you see here now with Brooklyn, with the time that he's took off, being supposed to be one of the leaders of the team, he's took off several times. Uh, with the Nets. So he's just not a good leader. He's not a great defender. And he doesn't make others better on the court. He's a low assist guy. But his offensive talent speaks so much volumes and we see so many great things. He's must-see TV on the offensive end. And mm. that's what drives fans to come see you play. He has unbelievable great ball handling ability. And Rick may say that he's probably got the best handle in the league. You know, a lot of people believe that he has the best handle in the league. So those things stick out and stand out so much that sometimes we forget some of the other things that, that doesn't make him that great super, superstar player in his league. Phenomenally well said. Must see TV, but I think the Brooklyn Nets would rather see a championship. So KD and Kyrie, I think it's just plea for KD. Coming up, Baker Mayfield headed to Carolina, and we talking about it again. We'll tell you who won the trade. Was it Baker Mayfield or was it the Cleveland Browns? That's next. Speak for yourself. Finally, after months of speculation, Baker Mayfield is free at last. Headed to Carolina for a fifth-round pick in 2024. Brown said in a statement, quote, Look, we're grateful for everything he did for the organization and wish him well in the future. Close quote. Why are you always lying? Bucky, you can tell me the truth at least because Cleveland out there lying. Who won the trade, man? Was it Baker Mayfield or the Cleveland Browns? The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns won the trade. Acho, if I have to pay you $19 million, but then I wake up and I only have to pay you $10 million, that's a win for me. And I get back maybe a fourth-round pick if you play well, that's a winner, 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 chicken dinner that goes to the Browns because the Browns were on the hook because they took the fifth-year option last year. They agreed mm-hmm. to extend Baker Mayfield's thing. They picked up the 15 15- the $19 million option, which was guaranteed. And so the only way they could get out of this halfway winning is if Baker or a team decided to either cut the pay or pick up some of the pay. And they were able to do that. So it's a win for the Cleveland Browns. Man, I disagree with you, Bucky. In the interim, right here, right now, Browns lost this trade severely. The Browns are accustomed to two things over the last four years. They are accustomed to two very, very important things attention 
and winning. Either or. The last four years, they've either had attention since Baker Mayfield showed up, Odell Beckham showed up shortly thereafter, or the Browns have won. Somehow, some way. 2020 Browns win 11 games. That's what they're accustomed to. But what they are going to face this upcoming season after the Deshaun Watson situation is put to rest, which it will be likely by week one because it has to be, the Browns will have neither attention nor winning. So what do the Browns have to show for it? Sure, they saved eight million dollars but you're looking at it wrong Bucky you said imagine if I wake up and instead of having to pay somebody 18 million dollars I only have to pay them 10 I understand that thought process Mm -hmm. let me do you one better imagine you wake up and you owe somebody 10 million dollars who ain't even giving you nothing anyway (laughs) like the Browns now we're paying Baker Mayfield 10 million dollars to play for another organization. Do you know how wild that is? Imagine you sit here on this desk, on this network, and another network paying you to talk on our show. That would be asinine. And that's what's going on in Cleveland. So as I look at it, the Browns paying Baker Mayfield $10 million to throw touchdown passes in Carolina. I don't know where they do that at, but I wish I had that kind of deal. Slick Rick, Buker, come in here, man. I got to figure out your thoughts on this one. Who won the trade, Baker or the Browns? Oh, well, let's, uh, let's, let's start with nobody. There's no winners here, okay? <laughs> they salvaged the operation. To, to suggest that someone won is to suggest that someone did something right. And I don't know that either side handled this the best way possible. But... I and I I got real issues with Bucky, like gleefully saying that the Browns won the Browns won in the way that you're down 30 nothing (laughs) and you kick a field goal with the minute left in order to avoid a freaking shutout. That's how they won that part. It's not that they're saving eight million dollars is that they somehow turned out turned a number one pick and a guy who took you to the playoffs into a guy that you're now giving away, hoping that you could get a fourth round pick for. So I am going to say that the Browns won only because this is something they had to do and they had to salvage the situation, but they created it. So I'm, if I'm going to say that they won, I'm going to say it very quietly. Okay. (laughs) The Browns won because look, but there, there was nothing for Mayfield. There was nothing for Baker to win here. He, he, he needed to get out. He paid his way out. He didn't win. He gets to live another day. Uh, but look, the, the Browns were in a bad situation and they did get resolution, if nothing else. So in a very small way. The Browns won, but I'm not going to put, I'm not going to, Bucky, I'm not going to say it with my chest. Come on, man. Wait a second, Buck. Wait a second. Now I got to hear from you, Buck, because that's one of those evil laughs. It means you got something up your sleeve. Well, I mean, I do have something on my sleeve. So in, in, in ball, be it football or basketball, the first thing they tell you, before you can win, you have to learn how not to, to lose. lose. That's good. Baker Mayfield lost because you know what? See, during the regular season, Rick, you get paid every Tuesday. And what happens mm-hmm. is when Baker Mayfield goes to the bank to do, 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 do his deposit, he's depositing the same amount of money as Jacoby Brissett. The check that he's getting from the Carolina Panthers at $4.8.5 million, Jacoby Brissett getting four point six from the Cleveland Browns. So when we talk about money mattering, imagine you're Baker Mayfield, the former number one overall pick, and you're getting the same amount of money as Jacoby Brissett, 
in any world, that is a loss. Mm. That is a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. He has to take the L and live with that one, even though the $10 million will help him. The only, the only thought process that I will push back is this, and I'm glad to close with this thought. Bucky, Slick, hear me on this one. That's a personal one. Um, y'all know whenever maybe you've been in a relationship, and I wish Marcellus was here to attest to this. Uh, you've been in a relationship, and sometimes you got to give things back just to get out the relationship. Sal will say this, so I'm not snitching on him. Y'all know about Sal's one, two, three engagements prior to being married. Uh-huh. And I always ask Sal Slick, I say, hey, Sal, did you let them keep the ring? And Sal is like, yeah, bro, they can keep the ring. I just want to get out the relationship. With Baker Mayfield, it's like Bucky's asking Baker, did you let them keep the three mil? And Baker's responding, yeah, Bucky, I let them keep the three mil. I just want to get out the relationship. If you are willing to allow somebody to either keep a ring or keep three mil, then I think that answers the question. It is a win because clearly you want it out so desperately that you ain't even care about the engagement ring. And in this case, Baker Mayfield, he ain't even care about the three million. Coming up. One of Baker's teammates have some, his new teammates have some negative comments about him earlier in the season when we were talking about the potential trade. Well, now that the trade is here, that teammate got an answer. We'll tell you if that's going to be a problem in Cleveland next. Ooh, we got some beef already. Okay, we get it. Baker Mayfield's a Carolina Panther, but something interesting happened earlier this offseason. See, back in May, when it looked like Carolina was Baker Mayfield's most likely landing spot, The Panthers star receiver Robbie Anderson posted, no, he then clarified his post late last month. Take a listen. I said, you know, I said what I said, you know, that was just my, that's just my thinking out loud, my thought, you know, you know, just trying to be a good teammate to my quarterback, you know, that's it. Just trying to defend the guy who who is my quarterback in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Now, look, Anderson has since tweeted today, I don't have an issue with Baker. Stop trying to paint that narrative. So, Bucky, you got a wide receiver who said no in regards to the Panthers being interested in Baker Mayfield. But now Baker Mayfield is that wide receiver's quarterback, maybe backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. That going to be an issue for the Panthers this season? Uh, I think it's going to be awkward at first meeting. And I think a lot of it depends on how Baker handles it more so than how everybody else. If Baker goes in kind of humble, does this thing, trying to get to know everybody. Oh, it can be great. He understands it. It's fodder. He's trying to protect his guy, and he can let Robbie Anderson go because ultimately Baker's going to need everybody on their team to play well to help him do what he wants to do in this league. So, yeah, they'll need to kind of talk it out and get through it, but it can be overcome. It's one of those things where Baker's play can make them forget and forgive all those other things. I'll say two things. I'll say my answer, and then I got a, one of my favorite NFL stories I'm going to share. So my first answer, I do think it'll be an issue, but I think it's unfortunate. Remember in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham's dad, mm. sending out videos. Kareem Hunt's maybe dad, I believe, going on Facebook. Who's still on Facebook? Going on Facebook, uh, chastising Baker Mayfield. You just wish that maybe Baker Mayfield could go into a situation where some of his teammates at least don't despise him. Like, you don't got to be his biggest cheerleader, but at least do not despise him. Will it be an issue? I think so. Okay, cut to story time. Um, One of my closest friends in the NFL, Brandon Boykin, was the nickelback for the Eagles. He was a beast. 2013, I think he was second in the National Football League in interceptions, and he only played the the nickel position. Only played 33% of the snaps. I'm on Twitter one day, and I see Brandon Boykin's in this Twitter beef with another dude. All I see is the tweet say, 
like, bruh, I, 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 I kill you on, on the field. I don't even know who you are. Like, you sound like a movie title. Who is Walter Thurman? I didn't know what was going on. So I look up Walter Thurman. Walter Thurman is yeah. now one of my close friends. Walter Thurman was a nickelback for the Seahawks. Yeah. They were in a heated debate about who was the greater nickelback. Well, Chip Kelly arrives in Philly. Walter Thurman used to play for the yes, Oregon, Oregon Ducks. Chip Kelly tra- <laughs> trades or signs Walter Thurman. Now we, the Eagles, got Boykin and, and we Walter got Thurman oh, on the same roster. I'm sitting in my locker. To my left is Walter Thurman. To his left is Brandon Boykin. And I was like, this is going to be very interesting. <laughs> now the difference is Thurman ended up playing safety. Boykin stayed at nickel, so they didn't actually have to compete. But as you and I talked about off mic, it will be very intriguing to see the guy that he was trying to defend in Sam Darnold is going to have to compete with Baker Mayfield. I think it's going to be some drama there. Coming up, I got my final thought on this whole Baker Mayfield situation, on the trade news, and on everything involved. That's next. Speak for yourself. Thanks for hanging with us. It finally happened. Baker Mayfield got what he wanted and got out of Cleveland. So what does it mean? I expect Baker Mayfield finds a way to be the starter in Carolina. I expect Baker Mayfield finds a way to lead the Panthers to the playoffs. I expect Baker Mayfield finds a way to have another resurgence of his career. Why? Because it's what Baker Mayfield has always done. From Lake Travis out in Austin, he goes to Tech, he wins a starting job. He goes to Oklahoma, he wins a Heisman. He goes to Cleveland, he wins a playoff game. The question is, what in the world will Baker do in Carolina? Time will tell, but me, I'm betting on Baker. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Speak for yourself.